But I do think that, and, and it's the point I make in my book, women as business owners can create a business that is conducive to what they're trying to achieve. And I guarantee you there are other people, women included, that mm -hmm. need that same thing. And we can make work and life be better integrated. I don't ever think they'll be balanced. There's going to be one day, just like, you know, there were some good days for my daughter in school and some hard days. And yeah, there's always going to be this, um, the scales tipped one way to the other. But if we can think about integration and think about that, both of these things are important to make us whole, then, then we quit trying to achieve some something like perfection because it doesn't exist anyway so but if we can think about integration yeah. and and realize that there's going to be days where the home life has glass balls and then there uh, <laughs> are going to be days where those are rubber and they can bounce over till tomorrow but the business has some <laughs> glass balls you know and you got to keep those going so awesome. yeah so We interrupt this programming to bring you an amazing announcement that I wrote you a book. What? You wrote me a book? Yes, I wrote you a book. It's called Mom of Six Dies Laughing, How to Ditch the Overwhelm and Mom Guilt, Feel More Connected and Empowered, and Have More Fun. Why did I write this book? You know what? I wrote it because there are so many times as a mom that I have felt burnt out when I wanted to feel energized and connected. There's so many times when I felt mom guilt when I needed to feel like I'm winning and there were so many times where I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't know where to go next or I felt like I had no creative juices whatsoever left and I wanted you guys to feel instead like you were super creative and had all kinds of ideas and knew that you were not alone in all these struggles so make sure you get the book you can go to imaginemom.com book to get pick it up today or go to Amazon. It's also available there on paperback and Kindle. So I cannot wait for you to read it. I it was a really great book. It's humorous. It's full of lots of great stories. If nothing else, you can laugh at all my hijinks and the crazy mistakes that I made as a mom and feel a lot better about yourself. So get it today. Check it out. Welcome to the Imagine Mom cast. This is your host, Elaine Kohanowitz. You're in the right place, Mom, if you're looking for real answers, real Jesus, and real fun. Hi, everyone. It is Elaine Kohanowitz with the Imagine Mom cast. And today I am with Cindy Thomason. She is the author of Motherhood, Apple Pie, and All That Happy Horseshit which is an awesome title, by the way. And she is an entrepreneur and is going to share with us about her life as an entrepreneur, excuse me, an entrepreneur and a mother and what that looks like. And as she said in the title, all the things it actually doesn't look like. <laughs> so welcome, Cindy. Tell us um, about your kids, what their ages are and your business. All right. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you for having me on. Um, my, um, my, I have one child. Her name is Elena, and she is actually 
22. So she is out doing her own thing right now, which I'm, I'm so proud of her. Right now, she's in, um, she's in the state of Washington and she's serving on a FEMA disaster relief uh, corps. And wow. helping, yeah, she's helping the, the there were a lot of uh, landslides in, um, in the state of Washington and Canada last fall. And so she's up there helping, um, helping with the recovery aspect of, of those uh, FEMA programs. So I'm, I'm really proud of her because she's a full-time college student, but she does this FEMA um, program uh, as a reservist and, Oh, wow. So she's doing what she loves and I'm just, I'm really proud of her. So I always have to shout out my kid. That's <laughs> um, awesome. So she's, she's my only one. I, I had a corporate career for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And uh, I worked in a research company um, that did research for um, energy efficiency, alternative energy, that kind of thing in North Carolina. Okay. And uh, decided that I wanted to to have a family. And uh, Dave, my husband and I decided it was time. So I left the workforce to focus on my daughter. And I love doing that. But at the same time, I felt like a little piece of me kind of was dying because I was very achieved. I, I call myself an achievement junkie. I, <laughs> and, you know, trying to figure out when to get a shower was uh, feeling um, I, I just I was just feeling lost a little bit. So. So wait, my, just to back up a minute. So yeah. how old were you when you had your daughter? Oh, 30. Let's see. 36 or seven. OK. Yeah, she's born in May. So I was 37. I was I got pregnant when I was 36. I remember going to the doctor and and she took all the intake stuff and she said, well, you're AMA. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I thought I was getting some medical diagnosis. And she said uh -huh. advanced maternal age. And I'm like, oh, you're telling me I'm old. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you yeah. basically had like a almost a whole life before yeah. you had her in a way. I, I did. I did. And, you know, um, she, I, I interviewed her at the end of my book. And one of the things she said was, she said, I, she said, I really think you were, I was your retirement project. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, not really, but. <laughs> so did yeah. you go from working full time to being at home full time? I did. And we left. Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. And we left our family. Um, we lived in our family was in North Carolina. We had worked in the Raleigh Durham area, real, you know, research trunk. My office was in Research Triangle Park. It was real high tech stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I left that to go to to uh, northeast Missouri, Hannibal. And um, and I I didn't work. And why did you guys move? Dave, um, Dave was working for um, one of the big four accounting firms, KPMG, and uh, he he knew his experience was uh, originally in engineering and plant um, functions with plants like Westinghouse and ABB, and okay. then he left that to work on finance with KPMG, and that's what he was doing. But he really wanted to get back into manufacturing, and he wanted to. Um, he wanted to be a plant manager, and we knew that to replace both of our incomes, we would probably have to, um, you know, either I was going to have to work and have a child, or yeah. we were going to do something different. And this opportunity came up for him in Northeast Missouri to do what he was 
had in mind as a dream job. And it just mm. made sense that um, since we were talking about a family that I would, would stop working. And, you know, the cost of living in the middle of the country versus the uh, East Coast, it made it workable. Yeah. Well, but man, oh, I just like my heart is breaking for you already thinking about moving to a new place and being a stay-at-home mom suddenly that would be so hard yeah it was it was um it was just really um I had I I don't know that I would have gotten through um but I had really great neighbors that one of them and uh, her name is Katie and I talk about her in the book the, you know, your support system is just so incredibly important. And Katie was my neighbor that immediately came over. Um, her husband had his own business. He was an attorney. She worked a little bit in there, but she still had kids that were teenagers at home. Okay. And she would she would come over and she would she would say, so how are you doing? And I'm oh, like, that's sweet. Yeah, it was really sweet. She she always brought me flowers from her garden and a spaghetti pie. <laughs> and, and she, she just took care of all my needs, you know, and, and I would say, I just need a shower. She said, I've got her, you go get your shower. And she just was wonderful. And she, but the thing she did that I didn't even know was happening to me was she would say, you need an outlet for you. And we need to figure out how to get you enough help that you can go do something for you. And that was just really, I was so thankful that those moms, my friends were moms and grandmothers because the demographic there, people had their children much younger than they did in, you know, the uh, research triangle, North Carolina. I would not have been that unusual. There were a lot of my friends having kids in their thirties in North Carolina, but in, but in Hannibal, Missouri, I was, you know, just a really odd person. Nobody, everybody had already had their kids and they were teenagers or so. So luckily those friends really stepped in and, and were wise to be able to identify um, the kind of support I needed. And we're very generous too. That's awesome. I, I kind of had a similar experience as well with, you know, uh, actually just like you, like my greatest friends during that time was basically like an adopted grandma and an adopted mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was so great. They were just so wonderful. So what did you, did you end up getting into something else or was it a little while? Did you, did you kind of start to feel at home there? I, um, I really did get involved in some volunteer efforts and um, in gardening, which was always something that I loved, but I never had time for. And Mm. that's where I met a lot of people that were supportive in addition to my neighbors. Um, We were only there four years and then we moved down to the um, North Central Arkansas and Oh, wow. So a total another move. Yeah, Yeah. another move when my daughter was four and um, and I really expected she was going to go to kindergarten and then I was going to go back to work because I already knew that I was really needing that. Yeah. But, but kindergarten didn't go so well for her. And um, it was she just we didn't know it at the time, but she was dyslexic mm. and they just did not have programs that um, could help her. And kindergarten was such a struggle that we ended up taking her out of kindergarten and um oh, yeah. And having tests done and uh, and and then I, I went into homeschooling. And so that was that was my role. We actually uh, spent summers in South Carolina at a camp for um, 
kids that are dyslexic. And so she spent a lot of time in in learning and camp activities during the day. They also trained teachers on how to teach dyslexic children. And so I went through the teaching programs during oh, the day. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's neat. That's really neat. Yeah, it was really it was really helpful. It helped me understand her in a way that I, I never would have otherwise. I really got a lot of um, ex- I, I got I got the research behind um, the challenges this that dyslexic children face and and the um, and the the perception that they're lazy as opposed to just really struggling to work in a way that traditional students can work. So um, so that was really helpful. And but then, you know, you just keep you you just keep taking one step and then another step. And then we learned that there was some other issues. Uh, she had a, some phonological processing um, um, issues that needed special training. What and is that? It's it's actually learning to be able to recognize sounds and 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 she had she was fine. I mean, she could speak like a college student, oh, but. Wow she was not able to look at letters and understand the um, pronunciation and all the variables of pronunciation um, of those sounds. So, mm-hmm. so there's a great training program for that uh, lady in uh, North in Bentonville, Northwest Arkansas. Um, and so we, once we identified that and that I wasn't going to be able to help her with that, we started driving to Bentonville for her tutoring over there. And um at about that same time, a girlfriend asked me to help her with her, she got a government contract and I had the kind of work I had done before. I was real experienced with it. And so I went and helped her get things sort of set up for her contract. And then she asked me oh. when I come to work with her. And that's when I realized I really needed to do that for myself. And so it was kind of the perfect timing because my daughter was getting the tutoring from somewhere else. I just needed to be yeah. the chauffeur, you know, uh-huh. and and I could spend time with this friend who uh, had a home office and let me work from home. And so I started um, I started that kind of consulting program with her. And that was my my step back into the work world. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, just commending you, you know, for just being so, you know, devoted to your daughter and, um, you know, being a stay-at-home mom is such an awesome thing to do. And I know once you create your community, it can be really amazing to be, you know, available all the time for your kiddos because I did that for a long, long time. Um, So I'm so glad that you finally, you know, were able to do that. And um, just to all the things you did to help her with her schooling is just so awesome. I mean, that's pretty, pretty cool, you know, that you you found out all those things to help her. Well, you know, I I feel like we were really blessed. Uh, Dave's Dave's job was good so that I could do that. Um, We had the, you know, financial resources. I had the educational background, Um, I think there's a lot of people that don't have those, those resources. And, um, so, you know, we, we were blessed in that way. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And so you, so you, but you, it's really also cool though, that you knew that you did need something else because 
I think sometimes, you know, we find ourselves in this this quandary where we we feel compelled to need to be available, but yet I think even sometimes you just don't even realize that you're you need that thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really awesome that that worked out and you you jumped into it. I I really um I really think one of the things that has happened to me a couple of times is we get so wrapped up into um, either raising kids or, uh, you know, I I had it happen to me with with growing my business. We're just so wrapped up in the doing that we don't take stock of what we're trying to accomplish and and what what we're um, what we're wanting to get out of it. And. And for me, I felt like on two different occasions, um, I just I just didn't even know who I was anymore. I just oh, felt, yeah. oh, who, who am I? <laughs> you know? Oh, I felt that way, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and so to me, the the thing that helped me in both times where it happened was just to kind of go back to this place, and in my book, I call it sacred space, and I I that can be a religious thing, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be religious. It, it's it's that getting back in touch with who you are at your core and mm-hmm. how you are, what you truly enjoy as a person. And I think when we get so far from any enjoyment in our life, we um, that's when we start to wonder, why am I even doing this? And I think it's a critical part for women to and, and really men too, but I can only speak for the women part. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's critical for us to find that thing that gives us joy, that gives us bliss and make time for it. It's not a, it's not a, um, it shouldn't be the leftover time. It should be the thing we dedicate our some time to every day because it's mm-hmm. going to make all the rest of our day go a little better. That's awesome. And, you know, I think, Oh, as you said about men, I mean, obviously everyone needs that, but I do think that, you know, women feel really pulled. I mean, I know men Mm -hmm. feel pulled, but I feel like they kind of have this sense of I need to provide and that's like Mm -hmm. their main thing. But I feel like with women, sometimes we just feel like we don't even know which direction we should be going in. Yeah, I I agree. And, and, you know, our head says one thing and our heart says something else. And, and yeah. uh, and that's when we start to really feel um, that loss of identity and loss of connection to what's important, I think. And so you so you were able were you doing this like part time when you jumped in with uh, doing the consulting or were you yeah, doing it full time? No, it was part time, very part time. Just when I wanted whenever she was available, um, I would go help her uh, and it grew. I mean, she started seeing opportunities to grow her business and I started growing along with her. But one of the things she had me do was um, because I had I had done accounting for this corporate job that I had. And um, one of the things she delegated to me was the accounting for for her business. And Mm. in her CPA um, wanted to put us on QuickBooks online. And once he did that, I'm like, okay, (laughs) like the whole world opened up, like, I don't need to go to her office to do anything anymore. I can do it all from home. Or I can do it from the library in Bentonville or the parking lot at her Taekwondo, you know, and so that's how my, my accounting business was formed was, um, 
first working just with her and in multiple capacities, but accounting was one of them. But then friends realized what I was doing and said, well, you do my accounting. And um, so I started and, and building the accounting business at that point. And her business was really starting to take off and she needed more of a support person in-house. So it was mm. a perfect time for me to say, OK, I'm going to do my thing. You go do your thing. And um, we both kind of uh, separated at that point um, because she had, she had really grown a, a good business, which she needed somebody dedicated. And I was wanting to not be dedicated. Yeah, yeah. But but so you kind of grew or at least started growing kind of organically then with people just saying hey can you can you help me yeah exactly that's exactly how I started and one of Dave's um, former secretaries had started a virtual assistance business in uh, northwest Arkansas and she was um, she came to me and she had people wanting accounting and that wasn't her thing and so she mm. funneled people to me and so my first client is still a client today and um then That's, he sent that me says somebody. a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he sent me somebody that was client number two and he's still a client and so it it did totally grow organically because i was you know i i um i, I still had my primary responsibility and 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 emphasis being raising my daughter right right so it kind of was perfect because it wasn't like all of a sudden you had all this work like it was just so kind of slowly over time so that you could dedicate your time to her yeah that's that's how it went and at some point I decided okay I'm going to rebrand my business I just was using my name I'm going to rebrand my business and focus only on accounting and um and at that point, QuickBooks was really pushing to move from desktop to online, and they started having um, uh, what do you call um, conferences, the QuickBooks Connect conference. And so the very first one I went to, and that's um, that's where I met Mike McCallowitz. His book Profit First came out at that. Um, well, he was promoting it at that conference. At oh wow! The first edition, and I got to hear him speak. And I read the book on the way home and um, I'm like, my clients all need this. And so I called uh, his office and joined Profit First Professionals that next week. And um, and that that set me up to start coaching with Mike. And he. Oh, had, wow. Yeah. And, and that that really changed the trajectory of everything because of um, first of all, Profit First is such a um it it just changed the way I looked at our finances even though I've I've ran businesses that that um that firm that I worked with we had a 28 million dollar budget you know it was a mm -hmm. big organ it wasn't big but it was financially established and right right you know small business is different from that um and I was figuring it out, but Mike just the the approach, the cash flow management approach that he taught with Profit First made me see things so much differently, and um and and I knew that that's what I wanted to focus on. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know Profit First, it's it's kind of similar. So if you have your own business, I know Cindy would obviously recommend it, and I would too. It's how we run 
our uh, business that we own. And it's, it's you know, I kind of compare it to like a Dave Ramsey envelope system, except mm-hmm. it's not envelopes, obviously. It's like accounts. And uh, I agree. It's, it's kind of a revolutionary way to run an actual business in a way that you can actually see where the money is going real time and not have to wait till the end of the month to get your statements and hope everything went well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and your money kind of by establishing bank accounts for specific purposes, you can see um, what that purpose is for your money and and not eat, lose track of it and spend that money on something that then when the bill comes due in a month, you don't have it to pay like for inventory or something like that. Yeah, it's really awesome. So anybody who's an entrepreneur out there, and actually that's how um, I kind of connected with Cindy is is we got involved with Profit First. So I'm assuming that that um, I know the guy that that handles that uh, Mike. It's Michalowicz. Is that correct? Uh-huh, Michalowicz. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I know he's been on the road doing tons and tons of speaking so I, over the years. So I'm assuming that that kind of all that marketing he was doing was probably helping you as well yes a prophet mike speaks all the time and he has um developed this organization called profit first professionals uh i was number nine to join the organization okay so so you were really early i was early and now they have um i think 500 people locally and probably close to a thousand worldwide but oh wow um, but what, in the coaching with Mike, uh, one of the things he recommended was specialization into a niche, and e-commerce was was something that interested me. Interested me, but um, but through that relationship with Mike and the and the Profit First Professionals organization, when people read the book and want help, they reach out to that organization, and based on what you specialize in, they send those leads to you, and so we get leads from them. Um, really several a week um which is oh wow yeah oh wow so at the same time was your daughter still going to classes in Bentonville yes um we would drive to Bentonville she would spend um she'd have to be there from 10 to noon so it's about a two-hour drive so we would leave about eight get there um she'd start classes from 10 to noon we'd go have lunch come back and she would do uh, classes um, from one to three. And one of the things that she had been doing locally was um, uh, Taekwondo Mm -hmm. and she was really enjoying it, but they decided to close the school down uh, here. But there was one within a block of where her, um, where her tutor was. So we went and she observed a class there. We talked with them and they invited her. She was ready to test for her first degree black belt at that point. Oh, so wow. I just didn't want her to have to quit, you know. For sure, so yeah. We kind of thought, okay, she would just continue to do this until um, she got her black belt and then we'd see. Um, but she loved it. And uh, she loved their their program. And there were more kids. And they invited her to become an instructor. So. Oh, in, wow. So she would start her class, she would start instructing at 3.30 and we would leave there typically around 9.30 at night. So she was there from 3.30 to 9.30, part of the time instructing, part of the time participating in her age level and group level classes, and then part of the time learning the 
in the instructor program. And it was just really good for her. I mean, it just, all of that tutoring was so draining for her. It was just so uh. hard. And then she, instead of sitting in the car for two hours to come back home, she got to go do something she loved for the next six hours. And I mean, we were some tired people driving home. <laughs> <laughs> Was she there every, like, was she tutoring and doing the Taekwondo every day? No, um, it was three days a week. Okay. So, so a that's week. still a lot, but. <laughs> yeah, it was still a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I assume but, like while she was there though, you were probably just working on your computer. Yeah, I would drop her off once, you know, once we got to know them and I felt really confident with the people there, I would drop her off and the Bentonville library had these rooms and carols where you could reserve and I would go in and reserve a room and I would work there and I actually met clients there several times um, oh, sometimes wow. I would actually drive my clients were in that part of the state so I would drive to see them if if I needed to but um, yeah I, I mean I basically had you know three different windows of time where I could actually work and so the the work the business was kind of a blessing because I would have really been bored to tears trying to oh, figure yeah. out what to do for six hours while she was in taekwondo all afternoon and that is true <laughs> <laughs> so. you would have spent way too much money I'm sure of that <laughs> if you're anything That's like me truth. not that I'm like a huge spender but that much time that would have been dangerous <laughs> yeah you're exactly right <laughs> And I'm not a big shopper. I would have just, you know, after a while, it would have just been, I don't know, I would have just probably taken a nap. Right, right. You would have been like, sign me up. I'll instruct something. I've got to do something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that never really occurred to me, honestly. I watched her like, I would hurt something really bad doing that. <laughs> so, so the other days she was home, were you homeschooling the other days? Yes. Um, okay. But a lot of our, our, her schoolwork at that point was um, was um, directed by the tutoring that she was taking. So um, they would they would do a lesson and then they would send me home with what to do for the next the next day. And then we'd go back and they send me a lesson for the next day. And so that, okay. that, that that's they were directing what to do, but they were um, I would you know work with her during those days we weren't in in class. Yeah, so they were handling like all the different um, subjects. No, I had to supplement the subjects and that we did that on the day she wasn't over there, too. Um, okay. the, the, the language arts stuff is what they focused on. So okay. um, they focused on that. But I, I supplemented um, and, and they did math. Um, language arts and math. So I, I had to to find the, you know, the history and the arts and those kinds of things to work with her on. Right. So so how did that work out? Like like, you know, was it like really workable or were there times where it was just like, oh, gosh, I've got all this pressure on me over here and I've got this pressure on me over here and I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, it was it was there were good days and there were hard days. Um, on the on the good days, we, um, you know, things clicked and she was excited to work on her schoolwork. And then we got to go out and play and I wasn't overwhelmed with work. There were other days where, you know, she was struggling and I had deadlines and I was torn and felt pulled. Um, oops. Hey, did I lose you? Hey, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I, you, your camera disappeared, uh, but it still showed connected. Okay. Oh, okay. Still recording. <laughs> okay. Jeez, I was like, oh, not that hard effect there. <laughs> okay, that's good. I thought maybe they they've been putting in fiber in our neighborhood, and I thought. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. Okay. I'll we'll we'll get back to it. Bye. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. So yes, you were about to answer about you know, how it was working out as far as balancing everything. Yeah. Um. It, it, there were good days and there were hard days. Um, there were days where she was really, um, she was motivated and things were easy and, um, you know, we'd fly through work and then we could play. There were other days where I had deadlines and she was struggling with the lesson and I felt pulled in, you know, both directions. And yeah, I think the thing I learned through all of that was, just quit trying to force it. Um, when you're when you're working with kids and you're having to, to be forceful, um, and, and the only child I have to compare to is my daughter who had um, learning disabilities. But what I what I learned was that if there's no amount of discipline <laughs> and pushing that's going to mm -hmm. get you where you need to go. Um, you've got to take a break. You got to figure out something fun. You got to de-stress and de-escalate all the tension. And then maybe the brain is in a better place to learn. But, um, you know, the idea of sending somebody out for correction and they're going to come back and buckle down, th that just did not work for, for my daughter. And um, what she needed was to, to get away from the stress. Yeah. And uh, once we got away from the stress, then she was in a better situation to learn. So I learned some things about myself and about yeah. human nature and uh, about kids. Um, by That's some cool advice, because that. so many times you're just like you're so, you know, you just feel the pressure so much. You you're just like, ah, just get it done and quit yeah. messing around and quit, you know, being a pain <laughs> in the butt. And you're right. Sometimes it's you just. I mean, it's hard to do, though. Yeah. It's hard to step back and take the pressure off for a little while, both of you. Yeah. And, you know, I, my corporate experience was power through, you know, just get it done. And right. um, what I learned was that was not an effective strategy for working with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for whatever reason, kids don't really get excited about that strategy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think they're wired against it, maybe. <laughs> but don't you think that is... <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> don't you think that that is what sometimes makes it so difficult to balance because you're you have like this certain kind of thinking thought processes and way of doing things that you do as someone who's an achiever and then you have almost this other part of you that is needs to be more the fun relational part mm -hmm. and a lot of times it you know you have to kind of separate those, don't you think? I I think um, I think you have to realize what's appropriate for the time, and not not every strategy is good for every 
task or relationship or um, project that you're working on. And, and to really, I think if you come to it from a perspective, and this is why I think the sacred space is so important. If mm. you come to it from a place of being whole yourself, where you are feeling fulfilled, then because your needs are taken care of, then what you are able to give to the interactions, no matter whether they're teaching or just listening or, you know, going and having fun with your kids, if you're taking care of yourself as a mom, then mm -hmm. you're able to show up better for, awesome. for, for the experience that you want to have with your kids. So we kind of talked a little bit about how you realized you needed another outlet and so I'm assuming then that was one thing that helped you with your sacred space because you you were able to kind of, I don't know, fulfill that need. Is that correct? And also what other things have did you do at that time? My my place of joy is in the garden. I love flowers. I love, uh, you know, I like weeding. I like I like watering. I like trimming. I um, I, my time, my, my sacred space is outside to lose myself in something, um, if a hike or, or working in the garden. And if I don't have that time, then I don't feel, I don't feel complete. And so that's awesome. I, that's where I go and, and I don't have to be there very long, but I think it's different for everybody. I think, you know, I've got some friends going out for a jog is where they just, the, the point is that you just disconnect from everything. And, and, mm. you know, you're not, you're not sitting there thinking about your to-do list and you're not trying to, to solve all the problems. And what I found is by going and just being fully present in this thing that I enjoy, and it doesn't have to be for very long, but just mm -hmm. taking the time and being fully present in this thing that I enjoy sets me up to come back to work or to, you know, be be present with my daughter or my husband. It sets me up in a way that um, that solutions come there. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you may really be struggling with, OK, what am I going to do about this X, Y, Z problem that I have? Yeah, yeah. But if you go out and you and you just um, let yourself be for a little bit and let that problem just go to the back of your mind and quit focusing and pushing so hard on it. I found more times than not when I come back and sit at my desk, there's some idea there that was there was no way I was going to get to that idea by pushing to it. I got wow. there because I stepped away from it. Wow, that is really insightful. So as so to give us to the the age, like how about how old she was, you know, when she was doing the Taekwondo and all that? Well, she um, continued <clears throat> Taekwondo even after she finished her um, her language arts tutoring. Um, she I think she probably finished her language arts tutoring when she was 13, 12, 13, like that. Uh -huh. um, she continued on with Taekwondo until she had received her third degree black belt um, and probably would still be continuing, but she decided that she wanted to spend um, um, a year abroad. And so wow. she, um, she worked, we went, worked through a rotary program here locally and she went to Brazil from the time she was um, 
Well, she went in July of her 16th year and she turned 17 there and came back in June. So she spent a, a year abroad. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Learning Portuguese and, and going to school in, in, um, in Brazil. Oh, wow. So, so did she continue to homeschool through high school? Well, yes. Um, after she finished all that language arts tutoring, I found an online program out of um, the St. Louis area. It's called Greenways Academy. I don't know if they still exist, but they had an online school. And um, so she did her tutoring. Um, I found a local, my business was really growing at this point. And I, and, and she had, she had figured out the stuff, the, the language arts and the dyslexia programming and all our uh, tutoring had all worked really well. So she was um, she was able to participate in um, in high school um, through this online school um, on her own. And so mm -hmm. she was kind of doing that along with a local tutor that just kind of helped oversee things. And I was really focused on the business. And when it was time to go to Taekwondo, we would just jump in the car. And at this point, she was starting to drive some and we'd jump in the car and go and spend the evening over there. But mornings were spent here. We didn't have to get up and be gone all day like we had been. So by and, that time, were you hiring people? Uh, yeah, I think I was hiring people. I, I, I think I was on like my I think I had three employees at that point. Had you ever hired people? I mean, I guess obviously you probably had hired people in your previous job, but um, I mean, was that new, like growing your own thing? Well, yeah, growing my own thing for sure it was. And um, um, luckily, um, my my first employee kind of fell in my lap. Uh, my washing machine died and the repairman was here and I was on the call on the calls with my clients while he was here because my my business is out of my home. That's yeah. part of what I was building was this, you know, lifestyle flexibility type business. Mm -hmm. And after he finished repairing my washing machine, he said, can I ask what you do? And I told him and he said, um, can I have my wife call you because she's an accountant and she's um, it, we have three young daughters and she would really love to work from home. And so we talked and she was delightful and very capable. And so she was my first uh, employee. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it Who knew? Out through, the, through the washing repair man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of there's this Chinese parable where uh, the guy uh, loses all his horses and the neighbor says, oh, that's bad. And, and the guy says, well, we'll see. And then, um, then the son goes out to find the horses when the, the army comes through to conscript warriors and uh, it turned out to be a good thing because his son wasn't con conscripted into the army or there's this whole parable that's really great. And, but the guys, um, the guys, basically to everything like is all guilty. works out the right yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and what looks obvious uh, at immediately may not be the um, long-term way things worked out. Man, that's like a that's like the most amazing lesson. We could stop here. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, if ever, if your washing machine breaks, uh, you may get your next employee. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, okay. So I'm thinking at this point, like you probably have kind of a heart for like other moms being able to work at home. Oh, for sure. And that's um, 
you know, that's that's exactly how we built our business. We have 26 employees and um, all, all but Dave and um, one profit first uh, advisor and uh, one virtual assistant out of the Philippines. Um, they are all um, women either caring for elderly parents or moms that are raising their kids or um, grandmothers that are having a hand in childcare for their grandchildren. And wow, that's how we structured the business. I mean, how does that make you feel? It's got to be kind of awesome. It's I'm just so proud. I'm just so proud for, you know, I've always been proud of my team and proud of what we were doing, but the pandemic really kind of, um, it, it just kind of made me mad in a way. There, I read this article in um, USA Today where 865,000 women in September of 2020 quit their jobs because they were going to have to homeschool and their their employers had no options for them. Oh, and wow. That's when I got mad. I'm <laughs> just, just like, you know, these were your employees and you couldn't do something to help them in because it, I mean, that in itself is a challenge to, to start being the person responsible for homeschooling your children when, right. you know, it wasn't what you felt called to do in any way. It was forced on you. Yeah. And, uh, you, I don't know. I just, it really made me angry. I was like, this is, this work needs to be redefined. Now, I, I know not everybody can do an accounting business virtually like I do. I, I get that. But I do think that, and, and it's the point I make in my book, women as business owners can create a business that is conducive to what they're trying to achieve. And I guarantee you there are other people, women included, that mm-hmm. need that same thing. And we can make work and life be better integrated. I don't ever think they'll be balanced. There's going to be one day, just like, you know, there were some good days for my daughter in school and some hard days. And yeah, there's always going to be this, um, the scales tipped one way to the other. But if we can think about integration and think about that, both of these things are important to make us whole, then, then we quit trying to achieve some something like perfection because it doesn't exist anyway. So, but if we can think about integration and, and, and realize that there's going to be days where the home life has glass balls and then there uh, (laughs) are going to be days where those are rubber and they can bounce over till tomorrow, but the business has some (laughs) glass balls, you know, and you've got to keep those going. Yeah. So I, I just feel like, um, I feel like there is an opportunity right now because of the pandemic for business to be redefined. And for one way to do that is for women to be in, um, to be business owners and create the businesses that help them align their lives the way they want to live their life. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, in working with you, Cindy, you know, we've worked with some of your people and I am just so amazed and impressed at, you know, that they work sometimes with their kids right there. In fact, they may all work with their kids there all the time. I really don't know for sure. But I just, 
I mean, I think that is so crazy because I, I just think about having my own kids at home and how, um, you know, I often thought at times, wow, it would be nice to work part time, like outside the house. But I never really thought about, you know, working a job with them running around and babies in the background. I mean, it's it's a challenge. It is. And it's not for everybody. I mean, there I, I honestly don't know that I could have done it when my daughter was really small. Um mm-hmm because I'm very singular focused kind of person. You know, Mm -hmm. there are some people like we could be doing this interview and checking their email and texting somebody. And yeah, I I am looking at this screen right now, even though (laughs) we're not looking at each other, you know, I am 100% here. And that's how I have to operate or my my brain doesn't work. And so I don't know that I could have done what some of my employees do, but some of them pull it off and are amazing. And there are others who have said, you know, I really thought this is what I wanted, but it turns out I'm not good at it. And it's not what I want. And, you know, that's okay too, because it's not for everybody. Well, what could you give us some examples too of like, what do different people do that you employ? Like do some of them, you know, just work around nap time and evenings or do some of them have some kind of childcare or others of them, maybe they have nurses coming in. I know you talked about taking care of older family members and that kind of thing well um for the for the ones with the older parents most of them are able to be um independent and then they just have to take them to the doctor's appointments and you know a traditional job is like you can't just be off every other oh yeah different doctor's appointments you know so right that flexibility to take their um their parents aging parents to to the different medical appointments is um is one of the things they appreciate and and they just schedule their work around it you know our clients are international so um oh wow so time time changes is a thing it, it is but it doesn't matter because what we do um it just we perform a service that can be done about any time and mm-hmm. so it if people are not popping in to have meetings with our people, I mean, nobody's going to get on a plane from Thailand and fly over here to have a meeting about their, you know, their last month's financials. It's, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, they don't care when we work, they just want their financials done uh, on a reasonable time period and to be accurate. And so, mm-hmm. um, so that, that gives us some flexibility um, as, as to when we work. And so, most of my folks are part time because they do they do need to spend some time in with, you know, children or with parents or, or some of them are going to school. And so they just work according to when they're available. Some so many businesses when when um, when the pandemic hit and they sent people to work remotely, yeah. they, they set them up to work in the same exact situation, like they were in an office and you had to be at your desk nine to five. Right. And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> you know, yeah. Why did you do that? You know? And so we spent a lot of time working on our communication guidelines because mm-hmm. we understand that, you know, not everybody is, our employees are on different time zones. So, um, when you, you may be working late at night because, um, that's your kids are in sleep asleep and that's when you've decided you want to work but you're not don't expect an answer from somebody late at night and mm-hmm. so we've we've set up communication guidelines around when people will respond and and um 
so that so that the expectations are clear because I think once the expectations are clear communication can uh, can work and the time various times that people uh, can work makes sense but you just have to um, you have to understand what the constraints are about when you're going to get responses you can't put a question out there at 2 a.m and expect an answer right, back yeah. in 30 minutes you know well you know it kind of reminds me you were talking about how you know why would they send their people home and have them work nine to five it kind of reminds me of homeschooling because you know a lot of times when you start homeschooling you think oh we have to sit at a desk mm-hmm. and we have to do it this way and then you start to realize uh well really we could do this anytime Mm-hmm. And we could go outside and we yeah. could do our letters with shaving cream uh, on a <laughs> sheet and, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it can be a lot more fun than sitting at a desk doing crowd control. <laughs> you know, I, I have met quite a few homeschooling entrepreneurs. I wonder if that's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think the lifestyle, um, I, the lifestyles go together. Yeah. The values behind the lifestyles go together. Which is kind of like direct your own, your destiny in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so um, you talked about like, uh, you know, your communications, but do you have like a certain time where everybody does get on like a meeting or something like that? We have monthly meetings um, once a month for about an hour and a half. And, um, and then, and then quarterly instead of that monthly meeting we'll have a quarterly meeting which we usually do some kind of training or we're working on some kind of um, project uh, you know like revamping a process or something like that Um, and those are like six hours we meet from nine to three Um, but uh, those are the um, the two times so but in you know monthly seems like so like not very much like how do you train people or get them like integrated and all that in the in the interim well when they come on board there's a um, training um, course that they go through so all our training is on a um, um, a learning platform called teachable and so they go through all these modules uh, online to learn but they're also put into a small group where um, that's really their 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 team and their support and so they participate they work in that small group um one of our employees one of our leadership uh employees um kind of oversees their training and make sure things are going smoothly and make sure that when they're ready to work on an account they're given an account and she kind of oversees their work on the account um but but they become part of that small group and that's how they stay connected to the organization is through that small group. Uh, We have an internal chat system. And so they talk through their chat channel. Um, They talk to the whole team through the chat channel. Um, One of the things that we do um, that we, we have two, dedicated chat channels for personal stuff, uh, one called the Caring Cup. Um, and it, it's basically if, if someone needs, if something's going on in, in their life where they need some support or want prayers or, um, you know, just want people to be aware that they're going through something, they'll post in the Caring Cup that 
hey, that this is so is cool. Oh my gosh, that's so neat. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you know, work affects life affects how we work and when we work and how focused we can work, you know. Yeah. And so if somebody's going through something, it's really helpful to support them and to say, hey, what can I do to help you type of thing. And I then feel the like other one, we're having a lot of women employees too, that would be appealing to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is the Books Peeps uh, channel. Our, our business name is Books Keep, um, but we call ourselves the, the Books Peeps. And <laughs> that's where um, we have our, our fun channel. So um, if somebody's showing animals at the fair, we see lots of pictures or, you know, if somebody hears a good joke, they'll put that in the channel. And um, that's just where we have fun and, and celebrate kind of the other parts of what's going on in people's lives. That is so cool. That's awesome. I love that. I mean, I would think that like, as you know, an employee that, that, that just that, so you're, you're definitely making effort to create that kind of culture. That's, that's really <laughs> attractive. Yeah. I mean, it, it, where I worked, my professional job um, was very supportive of, of one another. And that's awesome. I just, I, that's something I, I'm one of the main things I missed um, was that camaraderie from work. And so working remotely, that's not guaranteed. So we really worked hard to try to figure out how to build that with our people, even though we don't, we're not in close proximity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank goodness for, I suppose that is a silver lining of the pandemic. It probably, hopefully it'll open up more doors for what the kind of thing that you guys are doing. I hope so. And I, I just feel like you know, one of the women I interviewed for my book is a periodontist up in um, Topeka. And, you know, I was I was thinking, OK, so how how does she make this work? And she really as a mom, she she decided she said I wanted to be the one that picked up my daughter after school and we go home and we had the rest of the evening together. Mm -hmm. And so she said that she decided then that she would. Um, start her business at 7:30 in the morning and she said a lot of people really want to come in and do their surgeries first thing in the morning because then they can get on with their day you know yeah um and they're all of the you know dental offices are mostly have mom um employees and she mm -hmm. said all of the moms love that they're done by 3:30 they all go do their mom duties in the afternoon and and she, she said they even took it so far as to they schedule their surgeries in the morning so that if they have a no show in the afternoon, the, the afternoons are when people come in for consults about whether they you know need surgery or what what to do next or whatever. Okay. She said they schedule that all in the afternoon so that if somebody cancels, they've got their production work done for the day and they just close the office and leave. And okay. um, I am like, you know. There is a lot more opportunity for flexibility if you look for it, because hmm. this lady, her name's Julie, she she looked for it and she created that situation so she could have the time with her daughter. And um, that's yeah. awesome, because that's a, a one where she is at the office. And so she created it around her own lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I know not everybody can do that, but 
if a surgeon can figure out what, how <laughs> to do that, I mean, you know, a, a dental surgeon, I, I just think there's opportunity there if we would look at work with a little different lens. Yeah, that is so cool. I actually, my my midwife, her husband is a chiropractor and they had one daughter and they homeschooled her and they were just night owls. That just was the way they functioned. So he didn't start, his business didn't open until 10 o'clock in the morning. And they often had dinner at like 10 o'clock the night before and would be up sometimes till two in the morning doing math. Oh my That's goodness just the way they, you know, That's worked probably. the best. Yeah. And of course, being a midwife, she was on call at night. Honey. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it just, it just worked for them. And I always admired that they, they, you know, they did what was best for their family. Yes, exactly. And that's <laughs> the thing. It's just, if we could allow ourselves to see, all right, what, what is it I really want and how can I make it happen without the lens of how it's always been done. I think there's just a lot of opportunity there. Well, and you said you interviewed people. I wonder, you know, if there are a lot of people out there doing things differently and we just don't realize it. I think there's there's more than um, than immediately come to mind. I I reached out to my Profit First Network first and um, immediately had a handful of responses. Um, and my my ask was, um, if you started your business and are raising small children, would you be willing to talk with me? And so um, so I, I had a handful of people that that I visited with. And then um, then my author group, I reached out to people and it, there's just it seems like um, it seems like there's it, it's not it's not. It's not unheard of, but it's not mainstream either. So yeah. I'd I'd love for it to be more mainstream that people could just design their life the way they wanted it. That's awesome. Well, you know, I hope that does happen more. And now with the internet being so much more prevalent, you know, hopefully that'll be way more of an option. Yes, I think so. I, I mean, I, and I think the pandemic and the, you know, now we're in this great resignation. I think people are, I think people had this opportunity to kind of get back in touch with themselves a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, and and part of what's fueling this great resignation is just not wanting to go back to being over scheduled and harried oh wow yeah for sure yeah that that is that's a really good point well um but I wanted to uh, make sure that everyone got to know how to get your book and when it comes out. So the name of the book again is motherhood, apple pie and all that happy horseshit. And it is going to be coming out soon. Is that correct? It's going to be coming out May 4th. Okay. So, May 4th. So yes. It's still soon to me, but it's not like next week. <laughs> yeah. A couple of months. She was just telling me that she just got done recording the audio version and will that be where will you be able to find the book? Um, it's right now it's um, the listing is up on Amazon. It's up on other places as well. Um, that that whole system of populating uh, takes a little time. But um, okay. but yeah, it should should be anywhere. You should be able to find it. But definitely it, the listing is active on Amazon. The audio book listing is not up yet. Um, 
because I can't do that until I can upload the files, but it, that will be available May 4th as well. Excellent. And I will put the link to that in the show notes. Um, the name of the, her company also is Bookskeep. And is that bookskeep.com? Yes, it's bookskeep.com. And for information on um, on the book and my speaking and that kind of thing, you can go to cindythomason.com, C-Y-N-D-I-T-H-O-M-A-S-O-N.com. And um, our latest content around the book and, and information about pre-orders, et cetera, are, um, uh, will be on the Cindy Thomason website. Perfect. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, for being with us. And uh, we really appreciate it. It's so encouraging to hear from someone who's kind of pioneering, um, you know, the work life craziness and opportunities for moms. Thank you, Elaine. I really enjoyed visiting with you. And now I want to have a conversation where I can learn about you. I felt like I did all the talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'll set you up on your first Anchor podcast. and no, no. <laughs> We'll do that. That's for sure. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow and subscribe. And if you loved this episode and you think that there's someone out there who would really benefit from it make sure you share it i hope you guys have a wonderful week we'll see you next week